0: In today's Greenlight episode, I will speak with Heather Reams, President of Citizens for Responsible Energy Solutions. CREZ is a Washington, D.C.-based nonprofit that engages Republican policymakers and the public about responsible, conservative solutions to address our nation's energy, economic, and environmental security, while increasing America's competitive edge. I will speak with Heather about how she transitioned into clean energy and advice she has for others looking to make the switch why conservatives are increasingly supporting clean energy legislation, and what's like to be a conservative woman working clean energy. Thanks for tuning into The Green Light. Now let's dive in. So I'm Catherine McLean, founder and CEO of Dylan Green, and today I have with me Heather Reams. Heather is the president of the Citizens for Responsible Energy Solutions, and she is based in Washington, D.C. Welcome. Great to be with you. So I want to talk about your extensive background in federal and state advocacy, including government relations, communications, coalitions, and policy. Can you tell us a bit about yourself and your role at Citizens for Responsible Energy Solutions? Oh, I'm happy
1: to. I've been at CRESS, um, Citizens for Responsible Energy Solutions, for six years now, but I started Mm -hmm. out as a consultant. The CRESS was starting to form, and it's a right-of-center organization. And we focus on the value of clean energy from an economic standpoint, mm-hmm. from an uh, energy independence and affordability standpoint, and then from an environmental standpoint. So we mm-hmm. talk about climate change and we're Republicans. So a lot of people go, wow, how do you do that? <laughs> they ask me because I have that background and the government relations, all these facets that are mm-hmm. common here in Washington. Can you tell us what you think we should do? So I write this plan up mm-hmm. and this is what I think you should do. This is how you get it to the next level. And they're like, great. You should run it. I'm like, Mm -hmm. well, I'm not an energy person. I'm the DC consultant type person. They're like, you're perfect. You don't have to have an energy background. You have to know how to make (laughs) this work in Washington. I was like, I guess. So now I'm an energy person. (laughs) Yeah, I've worked at a number of firms in Washington. I've worked on the Hill. I've worked on a ton of issues over the years, and I gotta tell you, I have have a real passion for this. And I'm a mom, a newer mom. Mm And something about leaving the earth better than when you found it and helping the next generation. It's just, I don't know, you become a mom and you really care about those things, but you you do. And uh, it just all came kind of at this one time. Like, this is a really great job. It's a hard job Mm -hmm. thinking about talking, getting Republicans to care about climate change. Because at the end of the day, it's kind of, you can boil it down to that. And how do we get good policy passed? Mm -hmm. All the policy and doing all of that, I know how to do. But like doing something that's so mission driven really struck a chord with me, and got me out of my just consultant role and yeah. more into something now that I'm, I'm running press. And so it's been six years and I hope it's, you know, I hope we're, we're successful, but I hope it's another six years uh, because yep. it's a, a great team and great work.
0: Yeah. I definitely know what you mean. I felt the same way when I got into the space, like you do catch the bug a bit, like you're into it when you start, but then you get like really into it the more you do it. And I think you get more into it when you start having wins as well.
1: Yeah. You know, some people say, I used to play golf and I don't anymore, but, you know, you get that one really great golf swing and they're like, see, don't you want another one? You're like, yeah, I do. I'm not as bad as I <laughs> thought I was. <laughs> but there is something about when you do get those wins under your belt and you, you see you're making a difference. It's not immediate, but over time, yeah. and you think about it now, Republicans are talking more about climate change and they're putting out a plan. You don't have to agree with it, but the fact that Republicans are engaging on climate tells me we've been doing something right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I wanna talk about this transition though into clean tech because this is something, as you may know, that I'm quite passionate about, what I call net diversity, getting diverse candidates into the clean energy industry. I know you majored in political science in college, spent many years focused on advocacy on related to clean energy as we've been discussing. You were working in education reform as well. So tell me a little bit more about how you eventually decided to transition into clean tech. So you had mentioned that you got approached and that was one of the reasons. But I guess what I want to get down into more is: Do you have any advice for those looking to follow in your footsteps? Yeah. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. I love I, I love this, um, and I'm again I'm thrilled to to be with you and talk about this because I'm I'm also passionate about mentorship and and helping people and going in the right direction. It's something I've always had an interest in people help me along the way. I want to help other people. So yep. I think it's part of it too, is having that open mind of recognizing there are people who can help you. Your network is a network for a reason mm-hmm. and really working your network is, I think is, is important. That's why I got that con- the contract that I did and before I was doing this work. I was doing a lot of education reform work. And I really thought I was in the education space. Like I can't, transition out of this. And what I learned was there's just a lot of transferable skills. Some of the work that I was doing was talking about school choice and having options. And then that's a lot of what I'm talking about with clean tech, like the options that clean tech can give us. Mm -hmm. So it's not like I saw this direct line, but as I started doing this work, I'm like, oh, this really fits. So maybe I don't know much, enough about energy. You know, some people say you have an imposter syndrome or something like that. It quickly said, mm-hmm. I know this, With this, this works. I know how this works, but I had that government affairs background to do that. And the skills are just very translatable. A lot of people get caught in a certain kind of lane and feel like they got to stay in that lane. And by using my network, I was, you know, given a new task and, and an opportunity and I loved it. I loved you know thinking about how can I let this help this organization grow? It seems kind of cool, but mm-hmm. I was shocked that someone would say, "Do you want to run it?" <laughs> but I, I think what they saw in me was those transferable skills as well. Like you don't, you can learn a lot about the content. You need mm-hmm. to get to know clean tech leaders. You need to hear about some of their challenges. Um, the innovation that's going on and Mm -hmm. and what, what makes them tick and plug into that so you can be a better advocate. So that's what I started doing immediately.
0: I think it's really interesting because I think almost by having a fresh set of eyes on something, sometimes can be even better than being from the space. Cause I think sometimes you get a little jaded when you've been in the space so long, like I sh- there's no point calling them. They're not going to answer. There's, you know what I mean? Like by having a fresh set of eyes, everything is new. Like you're very doe-eyed, like we can make this happen. Like it's great. Yeah, you know,
1: and you have, like, fresh energy too. Right. Like, exactly. <laughs> and isn't it so frustrating when people say, Oh, we've tried that already. We've already yeah. done that. And you're like, well, I didn't try it.
0: Yeah.
1: Maybe I should try it. Yep. One of the things I was looking for opportunities to plug into existing events. So if someone had a conference or an organization plugging in to go into their conference, but I realized I said, well, is there like a national clean energy week? Is that, weird? and they're like, well, there's earth day. I'm like, nah, Republicans won't necessarily yeah. do earth day. We got to be careful <laughs> about that. How do we Create And they're like, well, there is no, there's not one. Like yeah. there's no, there's donut day. <laughs> there's no clean <laughs> energy day or week or month or anything. So we created it. I created yeah. it. Created a National Clean Energy Week. We're in our sixth year. First year was in the first year of the Trump administration, <laughs> if you can imagine. And we had the secretaries of energy and interior speak at our conference we had in Washington, D.C. We had a, a nice diversity of Republicans and Democrats, mm-hmm. a room full of clean energy advocates and National Clean Energy Week was born. So we, we do it year over year. Now we get, you know, 40 to 50 proclamations from governors, deeming it National Clean Energy Week, organizations um, sponsoring it and getting involved, putting out their own press release and announcements during National Clean Energy Week. And it's usually the last full week of September is when we have it. So it, it created a new entity. So that whole idea of like me coming in, being new, going, well, when our clean energy week and now it, it's created a really great bipartisan mm-hmm. week-long discussion and finding common ground so I have brought Republicans in who are saying the climate is changing and we need to do something about it and I've had some of my Democratic friends look over me and say did he just say that like, yes <laughs> yes like this is this is the work we're doing and you know yeah. talk about a win a high like yes yeah. see it's a lot of work to do but every time I finish clean energy week I go I'm so glad I did this. So glad I did this. Is this in DC? It's yes. We have the symposium in DC, but we have it online. We started doing that during COVID, but now we've gotten so much viewership from outside of the Beltway. Mm -hmm. Why have everybody travel when they can just tune in? (laughs) Yeah.
0: Absolutely. So I want to talk about the key messages that you have learned and what resonates best with conservatives. You and I got into a chat about this at one of the CTLR events. I was very curious about how you approach conservatives when you're talking about clean energy and how you move the needle. And you, I believe you said jobs. Jobs is huge.
1: Jobs. Yeah. The economic argument for it is massive. I, I mentioned, you know, we look at as an organization. This is also how we engage conservatives. We look at it from an economic standpoint, which is jobs. You know, I meant it's jobs in the economy in making that turn the tax base that comes with it, energy and reliance, and of course that's a huge issue right now, the cost of energy. So having yeah. lots of abundant homegrown energy is is really important, and that speaks to conservatives. And then, oh by the way, you're protecting the environment. And that has climate change, it's conservation, whatever you want to call it. I'm not here to say the climate is changing, but recognizing the value of clean tech is there. And that trifecta, that little triangle there, works. <laughs> it works. And Republicans rarely would be talking about clean tech without talking about the economic benefits or the energy benefits. You always, and of course the environmental, they'll always have those three. And yeah. I think earl anyone who was trying to do this work with Republicans earlier maybe had their message wrong. I mean, they may have been the wrong messenger as well. They may have not been a right-of-center person, a Republican, which I am. They may have not have that right message and saying we have to do it because the temperature is rising and we're going to have to change our world. And it's creating all this economic strife and migration and issues around the world. And Republicans are like, from the climate changing? you know, <laughs> Versus like, hey, clean tech brings these amazing jobs and and technology and innovation, what America is great at. And we can export that. You can make it here in America and export it around the
0: world. And they're like, you know, now you're talking. Now you're talking. (laughs) Whatever works.
1: (laughs) I think it's working. I think it's working. And not just for the sake of climate, but also because clean tech is such a dynamic area. It, It shows us. It's the best of what we have to offer, our innovation, our, you know, our entrepreneurial spirit here in America. Mm-hmm. It brings in diversity of thought, diversity of people. It brings in politicals, all different stripes. Of, I mean, it's got everything. Um, who doesn't like clean tech? <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. jigger was making an interesting point last night at the CTLR event, how he was saying like, some of the best minds in the country are actually in refineries, where sort of like how technologically driven those refineries are, how complex they are. And we're sort of, I think, overlooking and sort of, you know, putting our nose down at oil and gas these days, but there's actually an incredible amount of knowledge and talent that we could be tapping into for clean tech.
1: For sure. I mean, not to mention you know, the R&D that they put in also, these, these companies is really yeah. significant. The yeah. other thing, and, you know, people think about an energy transition, but I was having a conversation last night on, on offshore wind and saying, you know, that what i i predicted i said i think offshore wind in the gulf of mexico is going to be a thing i mean and you have all of the the skill set to be able to build in you know deep sea in the gulf right there in that region people are used to going offshore and dive equipment they have a specialty for that whether it's an, an oil rig platform or it's wind turbines and securing it so i think there's just When you have that transferability in some way um, and tapping into it and just in a slightly different direction, I think it's, it's magical. Yeah. Um, It
0: works. Yeah, absolutely. It's really exciting. So my last question for you is over the next five to 10 years, what other messages or initiatives are needed to continue to bridge the gap between Republicans and Democrats in order to move additional clean energy legislation forward?
1: Yeah, that is actually the the, we are like ground zero for that work, which you just asked. So and it makes me excited thinking about it in six years. We have to do a lot. So the politics is where we've been focused a lot on and getting the politics right. That's not just about climate, but it's about getting Republicans to say, yeah, I want to invest in in technology and climate is changing. We've got to look at things differently, different ways of looking at it, but meeting the member where he or she is. And now it's time to, to start enacting policy. And that's going to be some work. I think we should create a, I call it a culture of winning, like getting the singles, getting a double. So you can mm-hmm. eventually get that more of uh, bigger piece of legislation or more systemic kind of legislation. So you know, hit some singles if you have to and get the culture of winning. So areas where I know that there is a lot of interest on both sides of the aisle is, for instance, in cutting red tape. And that could be through permitting reform. It can be through a number of ways, but shortening the period of time you can build for permitting, for instance, yeah. having a shorter period of time. So where fossil fuels are being built, but it also prevents clean tech from expanding and growing for siting reasons or for transmission reasons. And we've got to get real about what that, that cutting that red tape. So I think that's a place where we can work on both sides of the aisle and get something done. Without a doubt, that's one of our like key areas. Another area it touches on that, but supply chains have become a really big issue. And talking about, you know, where our minerals are coming from that we need for electric vehicles, for instance, or mm-hmm. solar panels, even for wind turbines, and where we're sourcing that these minerals from. <clears throat> Should we be getting them from, from China? Should we be getting them from the Congo when there is actually the labor standards are not particularly strong at all? And who says I'm not for? good labor standards, right, in America. So we've got some problems we need to solve there as well in terms of our supply chains and who we're trading with as well, that they're maintaining healthy conditions and not slave labor and other issues. And this has been rampant. There's a lot of consensus there as well. I think it's working through some of the politics of it. as The policy, I think, is we can get there. The politics is tough. So I think there's just some really great low-hanging fruit areas, but get that culture of winning. And then the harder stuff it's a little easier because you've been working together and you've got teams that are working together. So it doesn't have to be a a red or blue issue. It ends up being a red, white, and blue issue.
0: I love that. (laughs) I'm totally going to steal that. I mean, who doesn't want red, this, white, so? blue issue? I love that, Heather. Did you steal <laughs> that from someone, or did you come up with that yourself?
1: If some, I'm sure people have said it, but
0: um, it, <laughs> I, I love that. It
1: to, I may have heard it from someplace, but I, I, I do say that because it gets frustrating when you're you're trying to just do the work of the country. It's, and even if I'm coming at from a right of center perspective, yeah. our goal is actually bipartisanship. Yeah. Well, because of your focus, I wanted to add. Female in the space, right? Female sure. in the energy space. There are a lot of trade associations and organizations in Washington. and A number of them are led by females. On the right of center, actually where I'm doing my work is actually not a lot of women are in this space. So I go and seek out opportunities to connect with other women. There's not a lot of conservative women who are in this space as well. I personally work in a bipartisan fashion. So I, I do reach out to those. I have to be very proactive about my network, about who I'm getting good advice from. Some of it, I've hired people, right? But I've right. intentionally hired a woman-led firm, for instance, from some of our communications and lobbying efforts, because mm-hmm. I want to get that perspective that I wouldn't get necessarily from a male-led firm. Yeah. And I've had both, I have both. And I notice I get a different perspective from female-led firms, I just have in my work. So I have found that to be part of my secret sauce, And doing my work, also knowing that climate and healthy environments are very important to suburban women, women, but women in general, but highly with suburban women. So -hmm. this is an issue where being a female should be a strength in communicating this. I've hugged my femaleness (laughs) to lead and come at it from a, I say like, I'm a mom, care about the environment. Other mothers care about the environment, but just because we care about the environment doesn't mean we want to have tons of regulations and a lot of tax. Yeah. Um, we want to come at it from a different approach. Yeah, And I found it to be kind of liberating and helping me be more authentic of who I am. Since mm-hmm. I don't come from an energy background, I've mm-hmm. learned it over time, but it's a, I think a, a really great strength and a voice that has often overlooked as being female, but also being a mother in this space. It's like, we do it for the children, but I'm like, I really am doing it for the children.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's a really good point. Thank you for highlighting that. And thank you so much for your time. It was really great chatting to you. It's wonderful <laughs> to see you in any way, shape or form. So thank
1: you <laughs> so much for having me. It's been a, it's a pleasure. Thanks, Heather.
0: Thanks for listening to the Green Light Podcast. Are you looking for your next role in climate tech? Join the latest growing network of clean tech professionals and be the first to know about when industry-leading clean tech companies first post new job openings, from development to finance to marketing, by checking out our website, dylan-green.com latest hyphen jobs. Dylan Green is transforming business through talent. You can also find us on YouTube, where we engage with today's top clean energy leaders.